You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Jets podcast for Wednesday, April 8th, 2020. Hope you're staying safe today. This is your host, John B. from gangreennation.com. If you enjoy this podcast, you can subscribe to it on your favorite podcast source. That includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and any other place podcasts are available. And also, if you enjoy the show, leave it a good review. On yesterday's show, I went position by position for the Jets on the offensive side of the ball. And I told you what I thought each position could use. And today we're going to do that on the, the defensive side of the ball. And I think there, there is a difference between the offense and the defense right now. On the offense, Jets are lacking a lot, and I think that that's going to have to play into their draft strategy this year. I think that this is going to be a draft where the Jets are going to want to focus on the offense if all things are equal more than than the defense, and that does not necessarily mean that you avoid defense altogether. In a scenario, and I know this scenario is very, very unlikely to play out, but let's just say hypothetically, and don't laugh at me, you know, don't send me emails about how ridiculous this is. I know how ridiculous this is, but let's say like Chase Young somehow fell to 11. Of course you take him, even though he's, he's on defense. So, you know, you have to use some logic here, but I think for the most part, the, the offense is behind the defense. The offense has a lot of really gaping problems, whereas the defense you know, it's interesting. The defense has a lot of workable parts. I just think in general, the defense needs more impact. They need more star power aside from maybe the safety position. And I think that's going to be the theme as we go position by position on the defense. And the way I look at the defense, I don't do like defensive tackle, defensive end, outside linebacker, because I think those distinctions are largely going away and players tend to be versatile. So what I do is I look at when I talk about defensive linemen, I'm talking about like the big interior 300 pound, you know, 280, 290, 300 pound plus guys. Those are the guys I consider defensive line. And the Jets have a good defensive line. I think you look at the roster, I think there are probably two areas where they are absolutely set. And one of them would be defensive line. I think the other would be the safety position, at least in terms of starters. I think what the Jets would want out of the defensive line is somebody to emerge as a really, really disruptive force. They have guys who can hold the point of attack. They have guys who are good against the run, like Steve McClendon. Uh, they have you know, Foley Fatukasi came on later in the year. They, they have a lot of guys. They rotate guys in and out. That's the way Greg Williams approaches defense. I just think that, you know, if you're looking for something, you're looking for somebody who's just going to be a totally disruptive presence, maybe somebody you can move up and down the defensive line, somebody the offense always has to account for. And, you know, the thing is I look at this offseason, I'm not sure the Jets are going to find a player from the outside who will do this, but I think there could be an internal option who could fill this role, and that would be Quinn and Williams, who, of course, was the number three overall pick a year ago, and he had an injury early his rookie year, and some people are a little disappointed in him, and I will continue to be a guy who will believe in Quinnen Williams on the field. I think that there's a good chance that he's going to make a leap in year two. I think it's easy to forget how young he is. It's easy to dismiss what he did, and he was, he, I mean, he held his own, and I think the Jets did not really use him in a way that maximized his skill set. I don't think they, they used him in a way that maximizes his disrupt, disruptive ability. I think, in fact, I would argue that my, that might be one of the few areas where I look at and I say, you know what, that was an area Greg Williams really did not maximize his defense in 2019, and there are not many of them, because I think Greg Williams overall did an excellent job, but nobody's perfect. 
not the greatest coach in the NFL is going to have some things where you look at and you say, you know what, he could do this a little bit better. And I think Greg Williams could probably use Quinn and Williams a little bit better. And I, I maintain this. I think that in many ways, Quinn and Williams is kind of paying for the sins of Jets defensive line draft picks of the past because people remember Leonard Williams not living up to potential. People remember Quinton Copel's not living up to potential. People remember Sheldon Richardson and Muhammad Wilkerson after really good starts to their career kind of falling back and not producing anymore. So people people are naturally skeptical when the Jets draft an interior-type defensive lineman like a Quinn and Williams. But you have to judge him on his own merits. And I think if you were just looking at this, only Quinn and Williams not factoring any any, any of the other guys the Jets have drafted in recent years. If you just look at Quinn and Williams for year one, that's not bad. And I know there's going to be a comparison to Josh Allen, who Jacksonville drafted, who put up some big sack totals. And I get, look, I like Josh Allen. I'll be honest with you. I thought when I, the Jets were on the, the on the clock right then, I probably would have taken Josh Allen. But that's not to say Quinn and Williams was a bad pick. That's not to say Quinn and Williams is destined for failure as a, as a prospect. I think he put together a solid first season. And perhaps he can be that disruptive presence, that guy who's just a total disruptor who can line up anywhere, who can draw the attention of the offense. That's, you know, that I think that's what the Jets need. And I think that if it's going to come for the Jets in 2020, I think it's going to be internal. I think it's going to be Quinn and Williams. Now we go to the edge, and I'm going to call this the edge position. It could be, you know, if you're in a 4-3, quote-unquote 4-3 defense, it's the guy who's the defensive end. If you're in a quote-unquote 3-4, it's the guys who are the outside linebackers. And in most defenses... The edge guys in this day and age, sometimes they're standing up, sometimes they have their hand on the ground. You know, the, the days where somebody's going to be standing up, rushing from the edge all the time, the days where somebody's going to have their hand on the ground the whole time, largely gone with a few. If There are some players who are, who are much better at one than the other, so those guys will do, do things one way most of the time. But for the most part, these guys now who are on the edge are going to do a little bit of both. And I think for the Jets, what they need is, I mean, they just need... I don't want, I don't know if an elite edge rusher is the right word, but they need a guy who can go out there and get 10 sacks. They have guys who can set the edge. Jordan Jenkins is good at setting the edge. Jordan Jenkins just can't be your number one pass rusher. He can't be your, your top edge guy. In fact, you know, I'm not even sure Jordan Jenkins is the number two pass rusher on a good defense. To me, Jordan Jenkins is like a guy who maybe your third best pass rusher. And he plays three downs. You don't take him off the field, but you play him on the early downs for his run ability. And, you know he can he can push the pocket against the guy who's against an offensive lineman who's kind of weak. He can you know bull rush that guy and get into the quarterback's face. And then on third down, you bring in all your good pass rushers and you line Jordan Jenkins up against. You try and find a weak a weak offensive lineman and you line him up against them. Jordan Jenkins is a pass rusher. That's that's not a great thing. That's not that's not something you, you really want. So the Jets just. I mean, I think I guess it's obvious you could say, well, the Jets need an elite player. Well, that's that's going to be the theme of the show because I think the Jets have guys who are okay, like a Jenkins. I mean, look, Jenkins is a is a quality starter, and they got him back. I, I like that they got him back on the contract. They got him back on. They did not overpay. I think in the year in years past, Jordan Jenkins would be back here with like twelve million dollar contract instead of a five million dollar contract. So I think the Jets the Jets played it right, and I, I'm glad that he's back. But as as kind of the theme with this defense. They have guys who are, you know, they have guys who are good role players. They need some impact talent, and it might be tough to find this year because, you know, we've talked about the wide receiver class and how this is a good year to need a receiver. Well, this is not a great year to need an edge rusher in uh, the draft, unless you're Washington sitting at the second pick and you can get Chase Young. Because after Chase Young, 
you know, I know some people like Chase on. I don't. I just can't see him with the Jets. Maybe, maybe in a trade back, but even then, he's kind of a risky prospect. Chase on out of LSU, but there's just this is not a great year to need an edge rusher. I I really am not a big fan of this year's edge class after uh, Chase Young. So it, this might be something the Jets have to just have to live with. And as I've said, you know, look, Joe Douglas is Joe Douglas's first offseason running the team. He's not going to be able to fix it all in one offseason. So my focus would be on fixing the offense this year because the offense needs a lot more help. And look, I don't, you know, I don't love asking Greg Williams to try and make it work again with a subpar uh, personnel group on defense. But of the two, I guess that's what I'd prefer just because the offense needs needs more attention right now than the defense. So the Jets may just have to live with what they have off the edge, even though it's less than ideal right now. Locked on Jets podcast here on a Wednesday. We're going through the defense today for the Jets, looking at what they need at each position. And I'm going to move on to linebacker now. And linebacker is what I'm what I refer to as off-ball linebacker. It's not like the... Not like the edge rushers, the edge rushing outside linebackers in a quote-unquote 3-4 defense. These are guys like the C.J. Mosleys of the world who are not really blitzers. They're more guys who play the run and then play in coverage, at least for the most part. Um, and for the Jets at linebacker, my biggest thing is just get cheaper. And I know they have good players at linebacker because C.J. Mosley and Avery Williamson are both good players. And as of now, they're both the projected starters at the position for the Jets. But... The Jets right now, according to Over the Cap, have the sixth most cap space invested at the linebacker position, the off-ball linebacker position in the NFL. It's just not a position that really wins you games in this league, unless you have you know the great Luke Keekley playing for you, like the Carolina Panthers did for so many years. That's just it's. I, I understand that you you like. You, I'd rather have good players there than not have good players, but. This is the point I keep making is look at the Jets 2019 season. The Jets were absolutely decimated at the linebacker position by injuries. And they had guys who were starting games who were like practice squad players. How much did it really hurt the defense? Now, your your linebackers in today's NFL, more than anything, what they bring to the table is run stopping. The Jets were really good against the run last year, even with backup linebackers, third-string linebackers, fourth-string linebackers. Jets still stop the run really well. And run-stopping run is not something you pay a premium for in today's NFL because it's a passing league. It's a league where, where you want to be able to stop the pass. So I think the Jets could get the Jets could easily get by with uh, some cheaper linebackers. And of, of the players right now, I'm looking at Avery Williamson, who's the Jets could save around, I think, $6 million or so if they let him go. And I know a lot of people would object to it because he's a good player, but how much did the Jets really miss Avery Williamson last year? And I think that this is going to be a change with, that Joe Douglas brings in because Joe Douglas really, I think, values positions more accurately than Mike McCagnan did. Mike McCagnan, you never got the sense he really understood that some positions were more valuable than others in the NFL. And this was one of my frustrations with McCagnan is how he, how he, address the linebacker position because he was always spending a lot of money at linebacker when you don't have to do that to get quality quality linebacker play so for more than anything just get cheaper i, I don't think that i don't think you need an elite linebacker group in today's nfl i'm not sure how how much that really gets you i know you could say that about any position because if you have one great position and everything else stinks your team's not going to be very good but how much is a, I, I just don't think that having elite linebackers really is that great for you in, in today's NFL. So I'd like to see the Jets just get cheaper at the linebacker position. Now you move to corner, and I mean, I think the need's pretty clear here, which is 
we're saying a lot is the Jets need a Jets need a number one corner, number one type corner, somebody who can take the other team's best receiver. Now you look at what the Jets have right now. They have Pierre Desir, who they signed from the Colts, and they have Bless Austin, and those are their two starting outside corners. Brian Pools in the slot, you can trust him. You know, you know he's going to do a good job. So right now, Desir is kind of a wild card because his career has been up and down, and he had a very good year two years ago with the Colts, and so you're hoping he he can regain that form. And Bless Austin had, had a you know, for a sixth round pick, had a really good rookie year himself. But these are both these are both question marks. You're hoping Austin can build on his rookie year. You're hoping that this year can revert to his 2018 form. And neither of these are really guarantees. So essentially, you have two wild cards. And I never like to be in a position in the NFL where a disproportionate amount of my wild cards have to be positive, have to turn out positive for my team to succeed. And that's kind of the spot the Jets are in right now. The Jets need to go two for two. And hypothetically, if you were to get a number one kind of corner, well, then suddenly Desir and Austin are in a position battle. And you have these two wild cards, and only one of them needs to pan out. If one of them pans out as, like, your second corner, then you're in good shape. Now, again, like, Edge, I'm skeptical the Jets are going to be able to, to figure this out. And again, this is because the focus has to be on offense, because of how poorly things went in the... In the last few years, the, how, how ineffective the Jets were under Mike McCagden building the roster. There's just so much to do, and one offseason is not going to be enough to do it. So I think you have to prioritize, and I think the priority has to be on the offensive side of the ball. So I would love to see the Jets get a get a top-flight corner and then maybe get this year in Austin into a, a camp battle, may the best man win, and hopefully one of the two, and then you only, you only need 50%. One of the two pans out. I'm just not sure that that's going to be possible. As you know, yesterday I was talking about wide receiver, and I said, you know, wide receiver, you could, you still have a shot here. You, you know, you still have a, you still have a pretty good path to assembling a, a, a good group of young receivers. I'm not sure that that path necessarily exists this year for the Jets at corner. We'll see though. Locked on Jets podcast here on a Wednesday, talking about what the Jets need at each position on defense, and we'll end with the safety position. And this is, a, I mean, this is a position where the Jets are pretty good right now because you have. You may have the best safety in the NFL within Jamal Adams, who you know, really can do it all. He can stop the run. He can cover tight ends. He can cover running backs. He can blitz. He makes game-changing plays. He forces turnovers. When you need a big play, he's there to make it. So you're in good shape there. And then you have Marcus May, who just really solid. You know, May, May is probably never going to be like a, a star-level safety, but he's a quality starter on the back end of the defense. And he, he's less flashy than Adams, which that's what his role requires. Marcus May's role is essentially that he's doing his job well if you're not hearing from him because he's the last line of defense. So really the only way you hear from him is if he gets beat for a touchdown, which you don't want. And he, for the most part, he's pretty good. He had a good 2019 season. And, you know, he's a guy we we talk a lot about Jamal Adams extensions. I mean, this is a guy I'd be interested in re-signing if I could, if I were the Jets, get him, get, you know, keep this safety duo locked up. Um, so they don't have a ton of needs at the at the safety position. I guess if you wanted to really be greedy, you could say you'd want a third safety, somebody who would allow you to play a little big nickel. Ideally, somebody who maybe could come down and cover the slot. Um, that would be really ideal. <laughs> you know, I think as great as Adams is, I'm not sure he could cover slot receivers. And May is good, but I'm not sure I'd trust him against slot receivers. But you know, we're really getting into like uh, this is a this is a luxury 
This is a luxury need right now for the Jets. They don't. I'm not sure they necessarily need it. I think more than anything, even if you can't get a guy who covers a slot, maybe a third safety who you can you can just trust as a depth player in case something were to happen to Adams or May, and you know they could they could fill in in a starting role in case one of them got hurt. I mean, I think that would probably be more realistic. I mean, I guess what I was talking about as a third safety would be another a third you know top level safety, which I, I guess is not. You know, you're you're getting greedy at some point. I think Jets have some issues on this defense. I do not think one of the issues is at the safety position. I think that's a position where the Jets have Jets have done a good job setting themselves up. And it's of course it starts with Mr. Adams, who is a uh, an elite player. Who's you know you should he's a lot of fun to watch, and it's the type of guy that Jets need to add more players like that, more players of that caliber. If there were more players of the caliber of Jamal Adams on this football team we're going to have a fun if the Jets are able to add more players of that caliber we're going to have a fun next couple of years anyway that's all for our show today thank you for listening this has been the Locked on Jets podcast part of the Locked on Podcast Network if you like this podcast subscribe to it and leave it a good review have a good Wednesday everybody we'll chat again tomorrow